0: Hello pod people, I'm DA and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we examine the role and effects of billionaires in our society. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So I came across the conversation online about the impact that billionaires might be having on our modern society. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stated that, in quote, a system that allows billionaires to exist is immoral. Now, of course, her comments set off a firestorm of people, both in agreement and completely offended by the notion. But I couldn't help but be intrigued by the topic, so I thought to explore it a little more with all of you. So let's start off with some statistics so that we can all get a better understanding and picture of our current economic climate. The New York Times reported on an analysis conducted by the Federal Reserve that stated the wealthiest 1% of earners saw their net worth grow by $21 trillion, while the wealth of the bottom 50% fell by $900 billion. This alarming statistic shows the deepening divide in income inequality, and it is steadily getting worse. Forbes magazine reported that today, CEOs make on average $300 times more than the average worker. If you look at the workforce in the 1950s, CEOs made only 20 times more than the average worker. So if we put this in dollars and cents today, the average CEO makes 15.6 million a year more than the average worker. Even more pearl-clutching is that the number of billionaires increased following the Great Recession. Yes, you heard that right, that Great Recession, where your tax dollars bailed out billion-dollar companies who caused the crisis in the first place. So what caused the jump in CEO salaries from making only 20 times more than the average worker in the 1950s to making 300 times more today? Well, for one thing, CEOs have the power to set everyone's salary in the company, including their own. And they can set that salary whether the company performs well or not. Jeff Bezos of Amazon is reported to be worth $131 billion, making him the richest man in the world. However, in 2017, the average Amazon employee made only $28,446 per year. So if we looked at this in hourly rates, Amazon employees make on average seven dollars per hour while Jeff Bezos makes four point four, seven, five, $885 million per hour. After lots of pressure from politicians and activists about the pay and reported conditions of Amazon employees that they were forced to work under, Bezos did announce in 2018 that he was raising the minimum salary to a whopping $15 per hour or $30,000 annually, which is not nearly enough to close the wage gap to someone like him making $4 million an hour. The same with Howard Schultz of Starbucks. He is said to be worth $4.3 billion. Yet the average Starbucks barista makes on average between $16,000 and $20,000 a year. Some have argued that this wide a gap is a clear indication of accumulating wealth through the exploitation of those who keep your company running. Another major contributor to the deepening income inequality is the failure of the 1% to pay their fair share in taxes. The historian Rutger Bregman shocked the World Economic Forum by boldly declaring that billionaires should pay a fair tax because it was imperative to deal with income inequality. End quote, he said, it feels like I'm at a firefighters conference and no one's allowed to speak about water, end quote. And he's right, billionaires bend over backwards to avoid paying their fair share in taxes. They are given large tax breaks, as we have seen from the Trump administration. They use tax havens to avoid paying taxes to our country, and they lobby the government, spend millions, in fact, to ensure that the laws are fixed so that they do not have to pay anymore. Now, to be fair, there are billionaires who do recognize the inequalities and and genuinely want to see some changes. In 2011, Warren Buffett pointed out that it wasn't fair that he was actually taxed lower than some of the people in his office, including his own secretary about 19 billionaires all got together and wrote a a letter to Congress lobbying support for a moderate wealth tax. And some billionaires have been very generous, like Bill Gates and his Gates Foundation. And of course, who can forget Oprah, who has funded many projects, including building schools all over the world where those who are the most vulnerable can have access to resources and education. So when we question whether billionaires can exist in a just society, for me, I wonder is the question really in the amount or is this a question about the integrity of the billionaire? Because where I think the answer lies is examining the root of the issue. And to me, the root of the issue is greed. Because to me, $1 is a lot of money, but $500 million is a lot of money. Hell, a $100 million is a lot of money. And I would evaluate the millionaire in much the same way. It's not about an amount for me it's about economic justice because if the salary for an employer was 1 million dollars a year but their hardest working employees only made minimum wage and could barely afford to put food on their tables and provide for their children i would feel that that employer was being unjust because the consequences of the employer's greed has devastating consequences on our society as a whole if that employee cannot afford the cost of living they won't be able to afford anything else from health care to housing and the ripple effects will just keep going. Our society needs consumer spending to survive. If people are not spending, this economy won't survive. So one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And I think it is highly underrated because Charles Dickens was laying out so many moral themes, especially when it discussed income inequality and economic justice. So for those who haven't seen it, basically the main character, Scrooge, is a bitter, super greedy boss who exploits his worker, Bob Cratchit, whom he treats like crap and pays him so little that Bob and his family live in a perpetual state of poverty, which is particularly devastating since they have a very ill son whom they can't afford to get him the proper care. And it takes three ghosts to show Scrooge how horrible he truly is and the consequences of his greed on society, especially in the life of his worker, Bob Cratchit. And in the end, Scrooge has a change of heart and becomes a decent human being who's generous and now celebrates and honors people and Christmas. It's a really beautiful story and and that's it in a nutshell. So what is interesting about the story, which was written in December of 1843 during the Victorian era, was that earlier the same year, the UK had just passed what is known as, in quotes, the poor laws. And what these laws did were instead of providing aid to those who were the most vulnerable in society, it instead decided to concentrate the poor into warehouses where they were subjected to harsh conditions and they were exploited. You see, before 1843, the poor were cared for by the taxes of the middle to upper classes who decided they didn't really want to pay taxes anymore to help the poor because they felt they would make them lazy. Where have we heard this narrative before? One scene in A Christmas Carol, Scrooge actually says to a charity worker who solicits him for a donation, end quote, Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? End quote. No doubt in the story, Dickens was trying to show the callousness that his society at that time showed to the poor, but more importantly, how that level of greed, as shown through the role of Scrooge, contributed to the poverty and income inequality. One of the most profound quotes in the story is when Scrooge is haunted by the ghost of his former partner, Jacob Marley. And Scrooge tries to compliment him by telling him he was a really good businessman. And Jacob checks him and says, in quote, Mankind was my business. Charity mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business." End quote. Basically, what he is saying is that as a person who accumulated wealth, he had a duty to humanity and to those who were most vulnerable. And it was true for society in 1843, and it is true for us now today. If you are accumulating wealth at a rate of 300 times more than those who work for you so that you can make money and have a business, then yes, I would consider that an injustice. I am not sure you can morally justify accumulating billions of dollars per year when those who keep your company running can barely afford to put food on their table. We have to close the tax loopholes where billionaires pay their fair share in taxes and we have to close the wage gap. Just remember everyone, billionaires decide the wages. They decide the portion of share they will take home. It doesn't just happen to them. It doesn't just fall into their laps. They choose to take four million dollars per hour. And I know many of them truly are extraordinary people, highly innovative and inspiring. All those things no doubt are true. But even if that billionaire feels entitled to that salary because they truly are the greatest thing that happened to this earth, and and no doubt they are, I'm sure, something has gone deeply wrong in your finances if at the very least the bottom percentage of your earners are not even paid a livable wage. And the argument that, well, at least they have a job and they should just be happy because someone else can take their place is a callous, exploitive argument steeped in the very greed that the character Scrooge played. Because a worker's vulnerability should never give anyone permission to exploit them, to do whatever to them because they should just be happy being employed. We have made the exploitation of the worker permissible and as a society, we need to stop this now. Human resource, a human being bringing their talents and their skills to keep your company flowing is integral to a business. Without the people showing up and working hard every day, we wouldn't get those packages delivered on time. We wouldn't get that cup of coffee with the creamer in the shape of a heart. It is ultimately the worker that keeps a billionaire a billionaire. So is it really unreasonable to ask for their fair wage? If you make $4 million an hour, why do people have to call you out and protest you to even simply raise their salaries to $15 per hour? Where is the justice and dignity in that? If a CEO's salary increases off the backs of those who work for them, then workers' wages should increase too. And I'm not talking about pennies either. I mean raised at the same percentage the CEO raised his or her wage. And no, I'm not calling for every employee to be compensated at millions or billions of dollars. I'm calling for a just wage because a just wage leads to a just society. So going back to the original question, can billionaires exist in a just society? Well, if they continue to employ thousands of people, but instead of hoarding the majority of the profit to themselves, they pay their employees a fair livable wage that increases when the CEO increases his or her salary while offering decent healthcare and benefits and paying their fair share in taxes on all of their accumulated wealth. That means no hiding assets in private foreign banks and tax havens. Then the question for me, no longer becomes, can billionaires exist in a just society? The question is, would they exist at all? Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition, and I look forward to engaging with you all soon.